Hi, welcome back to our Lent Reflections at Harrow Baptist based on the resource Worship in the Wilderness by Sarah and Sam Hargraves of Engage Worship. Today I'll open with some words from the Gospel of John, chapter 6. Before I begin, a bit of context. Jesus has just fed a large multitude with five loaves and a couple of small fish. And because of this, the people have decided they want him to be their leader, whether he wants to or not. Jesus has made his escape from the crowd. He's sent away the disciples to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Then in the night, Jesus has rejoined them walking on the water, which completely confused not just the disciples, but those on this side of the water who never saw Jesus leave in the first place. But they realise he must have gone, so they pursue him to Capernaum. And that's where we pick up the story. When they find him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the work God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it's not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, Always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The only miracle that all four Gospels recount is the story of Jesus feeding a multitude of people, 5,000 men plus women and children, with nothing more than five loaves and a couple of fish. But there are details in the story in which John includes that others don't mention. For example, if you went to Sunday school growing up, I'm pretty sure at some point you were told about the little boy who gave Jesus his packed lunch. We get that from John. We might have been able to guess at the time of year this happened from the other accounts. Only John tells us that it's Passover. So about a year before the crucifixion and resurrection. Matthew and Mark tell us about Jesus sending the disciples away and dismissing the crowd. But only John tells us why he does that. The crowd have decided to make Jesus their king. They want to start up an uprising and install Jesus as their leader. And Jesus really wants nothing to do with it. And only John includes the bread of life speech, which follows the miracle. And within, we find the reason why this reflection is included in this series. For throughout Lent, we've been thinking about ideas of wilderness, primarily about Jesus 
time in the wilderness. But that in turn echoes the Old Testament narrative of the children of Israel wandering in wilderness. And there's a parallel drawing between this miracle and that time in the wilderness. Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Our society and generation is quite unusual in that we're not, we're the first not really to consume so much of our lives in growing, hunting, collecting and trading food or gathering wood and water to cook it. We're shocked by food bank statistics because as one of the richest economies on earth, we have largely taken it for granted that our population will be fed. We're not used to going without. And we only have to look at the response to possible shortages in our supermarkets way back in the first lockdown. And bread's probably a relatively small part of our diet too. But that wasn't true of this people. Their diet consisted mainly of two things, bread and fish. And whilst controlling fish stocks might be a real issue in our day, it was less of a concern in the first century Galilee. But bread was different. For many reasons, it was in short supply. We have a saying that an army marches on its stomach, and the Romans recognised this too, and were a bit belt and braces in their approach. When they conquered someone, they, they ensured they stayed conquered. They didn't want people in a position to fight back. So between land grabs and rationing, they restricted the food supply of those they conquered to 1,600 calories per adult meal. By contrast, their own troops had a minimum calorie intake, depending on whether things were peaceful or not, of between 3,000 and 6,000 calories a day. And most of it was bread. Today, many wars are over access to energy supplies or possibly water. Then it was the food supply. Control the food, you have the power. And bread was the tool of control. And yet Jesus could feed the crowd until they were filled and still have loads of leftovers. Is it any wonder they wanted to make him king? but they also wanted to control them. They wanted to ensure the food supply kept coming. And effectively what Jesus says to the crowd is, yeah, I've read Exodus 2, but you're focusing on the wrong thing and you're missing the point. You're caught up with the manna side of the story. You're blinkered by the big pile of food I provided for you. You're not looking at what those events and those stories were supposed to tell you. In Deuteronomy, Moses reflected on the children of Israel wandering in the wilderness and how God miraculously fed them with manna. But the lesson they were supposed to learn from that was that we don't live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. They were supposed to learn that life isn't sustained by things we would like to control, like our ability to eat. Even our very breath is a gift from God. But they were to be reminded that even in the wilderness, they weren't simply at the mercy of events. For things that weren't under their control were under the control of a God 
who could bring them through it. And that's a lesson for us as we reflect on this season of wilderness. That story of wilderness, of wandering towards a promised land, at the mercy of terrain and circumstances, it evokes images of so much of life in the last year. There are times when we've felt completely at the mercy of events and trying to get stuff under control. But when we think it's all out of control, Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. I'm the one who's really got the control here. There is one in whom we can trust. God wants us to trust that he has it under his control. And Jesus says, whatever else we use to sustain us, it'll falter. It can't keep us going forever. But if we place our trust in him, he'll be with us in the wilderness, sustaining us in a life over which not even death can speak the final word. God be with you over this weekend. 